you're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. All right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Let's go. Hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Sorry. you guys. I am on the wrong thing. Hold on. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 153, where we will be discussing chapter three of City of Fallen Angels, Sevenfold. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. We we had a little bit... this episode is coming to you late and unedited. Um, I We weren't able to record last night. There was uh, multiple conflicting things. I was having a really shit day and <laughs> could not bring myself to do it. Um, and these lovely ladies gave me an out. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> Honestly, I told Andy, I was like, okay, we're not going to record tonight. And he goes, ooh, and Amanda and Andy night. And I'm like, as opposed to <laughs> the same shit we did last night? like. So I trapped him, and we basically reorganized my kitchen. Oh, wow, that sounds like a relaxing <laughs> we took evening. everything out of the cupboards. It was amazing, you guys. I looked at the I clock, and I was like, I oh, that. my God, it's 11 no, p.m. Stop it. That's shit. not real life. You were not doing that until 11 p.m. Yeah. That's yep. disgusting. Well, you can't do it when the baby's up. So we couldn't even get started until like eight. Nah, nah, bro. Dude, I do that stuff all the time. And then it's just messy again. And it really makes me so mad. I got rid of a lot of stuff that was sentimental, but it's like, it's literally just mm-hmm. Tupperware. Like, I've never used it once. I was only keeping it because it was my mom's. I don't remember my mom even <laughs> using it. I just, I finally just got rid of it. I just feel guilty. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Like, like I kept it for sentimental value, but I'm not even sure if my mom ever used it. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I feel like it was one of those things where it was so nice. She never used it. Hmm. Like we do. Yep. So I was basically doing the same thing. And I'm like, I just get rid of it. I just can't anymore. Yeah. That's weird. Anyway, so... That's what I did with my extra time. We've been talking about it. I'm like, we need to go through every like room in this house and like go through what do we need? What do we not need? Like, what are we keeping just because we're fucking keeping it? Like, there's a box of fucking Mm -hmm. cords that goes to God knows what. We everyone has that. What the Mm -hmm. everything's wireless. What I don't. Why do we have all these cords for nothing? And cardboard boxes. And just like tchotchkes and like shit we've collected and gotten as gifts that were like awful gifts that you just put in the linen closet and never think about. Candles that smell bad. Like it's time for them to go. Mm. Yep. I Uh can't do candles. I put them in the closet in case there's Mm -hmm. ever like a power outage. That's the only time those will get used. Other than, you know, the good ones. For real. What were we talking Uh. about that we interrupted ourselves? To start recording? Our husbands. Yes. Oh, Uh that's right. Robin. (laughs) Robin, tell your part of it real quick, though. So then it makes sense. Listen, there's three types of people in this world, Mm -hmm. and they're all here. Just kidding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's going to be funny. 
my husband calls me every day at his on each of his breaks at work. And it's usually like a five minute, no, mm-mm. minute to five minute phone conversation, like in total. But mm-hmm. um, he doesn't have a scheduled off time. So a lot of it's like, hey, we have two hours of overtime or sorry, I can't go pick up the kids from basketball because I'm doing this or whatever. So we're trying to kind of. It could be a text message. Get our day together. He asks, you know, <laughs> how did exactly. William do? I hate texting. I hate it. So it can't be. See, I can't. I would, And when I text him, I text him in Spanish. So it's even harder. I would, okay, fine. I don't mm-hmm. understand that part. So I will give you that. But I would be so much more annoyed if someone interrupted me multiple times throughout the day for a one minute phone conversation than sending me a text that I can see at my convenience and answer to. Like, it's not that important. Exactly. You don't need to interrupt me, especially with ADHD. Are you fucking kidding me? I get interrupted by one phone call. I can't get back <laughs> on task for four and a half hours. Like, <laughs> by the time I get back to what I was doing, you know, might as well just stop working now. What I was doing, I have a different hair color. I might have bangs. I'm wearing a completely different outfit. <laughs> There's bread baking in the oven. Like you have a, my time cannot be. I, I don't have enough <laughs> attention to like break it and go Amazing. back. It's just impossible. <laughs> I so yeah, it. I told I told Robin that if I had a husband that called me on all of his breaks while he was at work, I would be divorced. <laughs> yeah. Andy and I text a lot, but he only calls me if like he's bored or he needs like something immediately because, you know, he usually has customers yeah. in front of him, so he can't he can't do that. But um yeah, I would go crazy, too, if he called me all the time. Like, he just called me right before we started recording. And I was like, okay, like, <laughs> what's the rest of this? And he actually mm-hmm. needed something for work. It was a work phone call. But, like. <laughs> the only time Jason calls anyway. me is, like, if, if he's driving or if he's, like, at the store and needs, like, an immediate answer because he can't find the peanut butter that I get or something like that or whatever, you know. Then he'll call, but that's like an immediate, like, no, I really need your help right now or whatever. But you just, you know, it's an emergency. When someone's calling me, I'm like, who died? (laughs) That's my initial reaction. Yeah. Why are you, why are you calling me? There must be an emergency. Like there's, oh, that's always like, I got it wrong. No. Go ahead. I was, I was just bobbling. (laughs) Oh, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, first break, lunch, and then when he gets off work. Not the last break. I got that wrong. Dude, and he calls and talks to her on his drive home. No, thank Absolutely you. No. not. I am not. Oh, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Amanda said sometimes I, her husband calls her when he's bored at work when it's slow. And I was like, absolutely not. I would be divorced. Yeah. I'm not into it either. I'd just be like, call your <laughs> friends. Bye. Call your mom. I don't know. I am. He's with his friends. He works Dude, with like his best friends. <laughs> Like, I'm not your mom. More. Your mom wants to hear yeah. from you and talk to you. Why don't you tell her about your day? I mean, he usually is like checking in on the kids, you know, like how to drop off go this morning. And, you know, mm-hmm. if he has time to think about it, he will ask. Oh, but that's sweet, know, I like, guess. <laughs> yeah. Once William had a hard time transitioning into this before he would just call me at lunch. But now that William's had a hard time going to school, he's like, how did everything go this morning? Was he fine? Which he can't do anything to help me. 
But I guess it makes me feel less mm-hmm. alone in the battle. Yeah, no, that's very sweet. Again, I didn't have a partner like that when my child was younger. So, like, I never, there was nothing, nothing, none mm-hmm. of that. Like, I didn't, I was always a single mom even when I was married. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, like, I would have never, like, that would have mm-hmm. never crossed my mind. I would have been like, why are you bothering me? I'm obviously busy taking care of the kid. Like, I don't, you can hear about all this when you get home. Yes. <laughs> You don't need to interrupt my day. Well, it's true. It gives you more to talk about at night. Yeah. (laughs) He calls and like the baby's asleep and then you woke up. I I would lose it. I just ignore it. Mm -mm. He knows if I bitch button him, I'm busy. Like, it's fine. That was one of my things where I was like, I need to, like, even with not Omar necessarily, anybody, because work calls Mm -hmm. me or whatever. And I was like, if I cannot answer the phone, I need to just not answer the phone. I, I'm not obligated to if uh-huh. I am engaged in another activity. Well, because we were trained. And my kids are like, your yeah. phone's ringing. Your phone's ringing. And I'm like, nope, I am not getting it. I am literally yeah. making food. It is at the point of burning. Like, I need mm-hmm. to. Nope. This is the symptom of being a latchkey kid. And your parents telling you, if you're going to stay home alone, you better answer. As soon as that two rings, you better fucking answer that phone. Because I want to make sure that you're in the house and blah, 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 whatever. And so you drop everything you're doing and fucking try to, like, not break your neck slipping with socks on on the linoleum as you try to get to the fucking kitchen phone. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They conditioned us. (laughs) Yep. Well, in the millennial status that we have, we don't want to talk on the phone. It's crazy to me that Robin doesn't like texting. That's right? literally just like everything. Well, I mean, it's the two things, right? I would do text messaging mm-hmm. like with a keyboard, but I don't like using the, ah. the on my phone. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. The keyboard on my phone. Yeah, because like small. we have the thing with the TVs, and then like when someone knocks on your door, you hide. Is that just me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, no, I don't. No, I don't answer the no, door. Knocking on my door unannounced. I'm like, I'm not answering it because I am a latchkey kid. It's so <laughs> hard then, with small children now. I gotta grab them and hide with all of us. You know, you out, feel like, like you're gonna die. Going so you have to I'm hide. Like, we don't want them to know we're home. <laughs> you can't be home alone. They know I'm here. They're here to murder <laughs> <Yes>. you. <laughs> they need to harvest your organs. <gasps> you never know. <laughs> I mean, I have a no soliciting sign outside and I still get yesterday. I just had some real estate flyer on my door. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Rude. I'm not interested. Oh, my God. That was a really good chat. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. That made me laugh really hard. And that was awesome. How's, uh, how's your <laughs> how was your evening, Robin? It was your daughter's your daughter's birthday's today. Happy birthday. It was great. Yeah. Happy birthday, Audrey, even though you'll never listen to this. Yes. Um, I'll give you three okay. highlights, okay? So it's fast. The um, She got her honor certificate, which was totally awesome. cool. First one she got from middle school. She got that 3.5 to 3.99 GPA. Awesome. awesome. We went to sushi, and I saw Amanda there, and I got to see Olivia and Lincoln. <laughs> and that was, like, highlight number two. And number three, crazy. we we got crumble cookie after, and it was kind of crappy because they only had like two cookies left, which was stupid. It was only like mm-hmm. eight o'clock at night. That's annoying. Yeah. But there was a lady there who got their cookies in front of us whose name was Adriana, and she spelled it the same way that I spelled Audrey's name, and I've never That's seen that crazy. before. And yeah. so it said Adriana on the screen, and then I did Audrey underneath because I don't like my name, so I always use hers. 
And um, I was like, oh, did I typo her? Did I type her whole name in? Like, I don't think I did that. And then I looked down and it said Audrey. So they gave her cookies. And as she was leaving, they said Audrey. And she turned around. And she was like, yes. And I was like, dude, I just have to tell you. Like, she's so crazy. And she was so, she's like, I've never in my entire life. And I was just like, how freaking cool. What a coincidence. That's crazy. Very cool. Uh Yeah. Yeah, because I've never, I haven't seen anybody. I know, actually, I think there's like a TV show or something where they spelled their daughter's mm-hmm. name that way. But I can't remember. Real Housewives mm-hmm. of New Jersey or something like that. <laughs> oh, I think yeah, that sounds two familiar. Yeah. I don't know. It was on when she was born, but that's not, as you know, her name is from the Little Shop of Horrors. Right. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. Awesome. Anyway. That's oh the highlight gosh. reel. <laughs> well, uh, what do you guys say we kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. We open with Clary and Simon playing the 1988 Hasbro board game Girl Talk. They're discussing all <laughs> things related to Simon's relationships with his two babes. Clary advises him to figure his drama out before her mom's wedding or she'll be like, Louis E. You have some splaining to do. Louis E. Yeah. Uh, after the phone call, Clary is left to dangle in the rafters of the Institute training room. She's been trying to hone all of her skills with a Z, but it's taking her accident prone body longer to adjust than she'd hope. Enter Jace bringing a rope and some certified snark. They have a weird scene that involves him cutting her down from the ceiling and really cringy flirting. Mm-hmm. They get interrupted by Izzy asking if they've heard about the dead shadow hunter found in Brooklyn. Clary is internally TO'd at Jace for not divulging the cheese may, but instead of playing that route, the conversation veers left when Clary unknowingly tells on Simon. Simon? Not Simon. There's only <laughs> there's no D there. He was supposed to call his newly named girlfriend after his meeting with Camille and instead phoned up Clary. Ouch. Izzy channels her inner Elsa and goes the conceal don't feel approach, pretending Simon is just another fling before stalking out of the room. Clary changes and gets ready to leave, giving us a slice of her convincing her mom to let her hunt shadows and the Brian McKnight style rules that she laid out. Okay. One. One. I'm going to live with you. Two. Maris will do a progress review. Three. Girl, it's plain to see you're not getting sexy. <laughs> Literal chills. That was amazing. <laughs> Sorry for. I wish Andy could have sang that for me, but it was too soon. Jace walks her from the institute, and because wait, that was I typoed. Jace walks her from the institute, being very robotic and weird, and they share a super awkward goodbye. It's just, it's mm-hmm. weird. It, yeah. It's it icky. was weird. Suspish. So we jump into Simon's point of view with the quintessential mid-aughts teenage experience, hanging out in a dilapidated building while your friends sit around talking about what's going to take the band to the next level instead of practicing. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> Robin knows. I just like instead of practicing. Well, of course. They got to talk about. There was a lot more like when. 
So there was a time in my life that I think we've talked about a few times where I lived in a house with several members of two different bands. Um, and there was a lot of Guitar Hero video game going on. Um, <laughs> I believe I mean, it. They did practice a lot. They were constantly practicing when I was cooking, but they practiced in my kitchen. And my kitchen was like lined with like six like tall like stacks of amps, you know, like all along with, and and then like Ridiculous. instead of a <laughs> yep. instead of a kitchen table, we had a drum set there. Um, right, and it's um, a really big house, <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah, what was so funny. Yeah, With it was the like amps such a and small stuff. little house. It was a little two-bedroom, one-bath house. But the kitchen was like it had been – they busted out the back porch and, like, extended the kitchen. So the kitchen was really big. But it was weird because it was just, like, literally a giant space for all this band equipment and then, like, a little L-shaped kitchen around the perimeter. And I'd just be, like, fucking cooking. <laughs> uh-huh. And they'd be – like, right there. It was wild. But this very much reminds me of that. And, like, <laughs> Simon's talking about, like, how, like, no one came to their, like, shows and stuff. And, like, there were quite a few shows that we went to. There was no one fucking there. <laughs> I was like, I feel so this crazy. in my soul. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, the weird thing was they, they didn't suck. They were yeah. good. Uh-huh. I mean, there were uh-huh. a few, like, imp- implements. Yeah, so... Brendel's band was right? Implement, and I can't remember what the other band uh-huh. was. It was, like, half of the same people, but then Pocket was in that band. It was something I couldn't – I can't – it was something, mm-hmm. like, about blood or dismemberment or something. It was a metal band. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I remember uh-huh. one time they played at uh, the Paris downtown before that closed, and that was, like, a really big show. That was really fun. And then I remember I was eight months pregnant, and Brendel played, Implement played at the Satyricon, downtown Portland. And I was, like, like fully fucking pregnant in, like, maternity clothes. Because I didn't have any badass maternity clothes, right? Like, and I literally went to the show and was, like, standing at the front of the stage with my big-ass pregnant belly. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Crazy. Good times. You were Clary in this situation. <laughs> Except Clary Absolutely. clearly doesn't fuck. Redhead. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> right? Right? Oh my gosh. Oh. So anyway, back to the band. The tragedy of all of this is that they have a golden goose. A straight up instant ticket to fame. Their very own Lestat. The only problem is they can't tell anyone. Simon's only half out of the coffin. He let his inner circle in on his undead secret, but going public is still out of the question. He didn't, however, tell them about Clary, Isabel, and Maya's Shadow World memberships. They kept that on the DL. It is. Could you imagine if they told people and then he was like on talk shows and stuff for being (laughs) the only vampire? Because he could go out, you know? So he's he's like on... Like Sally, Jesse, yes. or Raphael show. I love it. I don't know any current talk shows, <laughs> clearly. He's on Dr. Phil. Oh, God. Yes, there you go. <clears throat> Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, so, so I don't know how to do a Dr. Phil voice. I don't 
I have no clue. <laughs> Tell us about being a vampire. For, I don't know. <laughs> That's more cowboy. So Simon's trying to be a good guy here. Their situation is their own and not his story to tell. However, this just leads his friends to believe that Simon's newly undead status has given him like this sexy vampire mojo that he's using on super hot Monday girls. They're like, whoa, well, there's something. Are you hypnotizing him? Like, what's happening? You know, okay, so listen, though. I, yeah. I have Go questions, ahead. too. No, I'm just curious, like... They, obviously, they know that he's a vampire, obviously. It's what we're talking about. But, like, did he tell them that there's, like, a clan that he's not a part of? And, like, there's vampires all over the place. And there's, like, hundreds of them probably in this clan. Or do they think he's the only one? Like, how do they think this happened? I want to know more details. Did we get a little bit more? I don't about think what he probably noticed. followed up Say enough to again? care. I don't know if... Eric and them would have that many follow-up questions. I think it's clear, That's you fair. know... Vampires are real. I mean, they're not going to ba- tell you exactly who's a vampire, but I think he basically, this information has been like, yeah, vampires are real and whatever. And we get a little more clarification from Clary um, in a second. Uh, let's see. Where are we? Well, and my thing is, is like Simon did physically change. Like he doesn't need right. glasses anymore. Like he, he really right. did have a change. So he actually does have sexy vampire mojo. Yes. I mean, I kind of like glasses, so I don't know. I guess it's... Thank you. The eye is in the beholder. You're welcome. Beauty is in the eye of the Mm -hmm. beholder. That's the same. So it's not really a surprise when Eric's, like, not ready to give up on his dream yet. (laughs) He suggests that, like, maybe Simon flash a little thing on stage. Like, no big deal, right? Just a a little, just a little (laughs) intrigue, if you will. (laughs) Wrong. Um, Clary cuts in and reminds the Mundies that according to vampire law, if Simon did that, uh, the NYC vampire clan leader would kill them all to preserve their way of life. So they know that there's a clan from that point. But I think that's very funny because I don't think that they're telling the friends about the mark necessarily. Uh-huh. Oh, it hasn't yeah, is it glamour well, he, then, I guess? He's got bangs. He's doing he's doing the Harry Potter thing. He's covering thing. it. Okay. Um but like that would make sense because like he can't be killed. Right? So the only way like uh-huh. he would kill the people that he had told and that would be your lesson like cuz no one can kill you. And that would, you know, that'd right. be like not cool. So like we shouldn't do that. Right, not well, cool. The, that'd be a bummer. bummer. Sorry, I'm I'm getting too off tangent. No, it's on tangent, but off tangent. Because I'm like, it would be hard if he didn't tell them about the mark. Because, I mean, a bunch of 17-year-old dudes in a band, they have got to be pulling pranks and shit. Like, one of them is going to accidentally, like, hurt him. And it's going to be bad news bears. Well, and I don't think, I think at this Uh point, where we are right now is just a couple of months after the war and he hasn't really seen this thing in action since the war so there's a little bit of that like it was during a really traumatic time and so he's kind of at this point he doesn't even really like know if he remembers it all correctly right like I feel like he's got that like trauma Uh of like was it as bad as I thought it was because it's been nothing's really happened (laughs) horrifying Mm -hmm. 
Like, I get why he's uncomfortable with this whole situation. I would be, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he mentions in, in my section that I don't think I brought up. But basically, like, he's scared of it, but he doesn't know what it, like, what he's scared right. of, basically. Uh-huh. Like, who knows what will actually happen? Yeah. The, the fact that you can't control it is, like, the worst. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> Clary turns to Simon like, dude, what the fuck were you thinking telling these people they're fucking idiots? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? What What were you thinking? Yeah. Poor Simon. He never saw it coming. He, his only defense is like, they're my buddies. I care about them and I want them to know the truth, man. <laughs> of course... This is a carefully laid conversational trap that Clary has set up, and she springs into action with a gotcha bitch. <laughs> She's like, if you're so concerned about yep. the people that love you knowing the truth, like, when are you going to tell your mother? It's kind of like a biggie. He's <laughs> <It's> like, oh, touche. <laughs> well. He may be a vampire and immortal, but he's still a teenage boy and didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> However, he's saved uh, from answering by a knock on the garage door um, and the subsequent surfer god who appears illuminated by the midday sun. Um, I'm going to... Surfer god. All right. God. Uh, this is from the book. <clears throat> there was a boy standing at the garage entrance, backlit by bright sun. He held a piece of paper in his hand. He looked down at it uncertainly and then back up at the band. Hey, he said... Is this where I can find the band Dangerous Stain? We're Dichotomous Lemur now, said Eric, stepping forward. Who wants to know? I'm Kyle, said the boy, ducking under the garage door. Straightening up, he flipped back the brown hair that fell into his eyes and held out the piece of paper to Eric. I saw you were looking for a lead singer. Okay. Convenient. <laughs> right. Very convenient. Matt's like, uh, that flyer is like a year old. Which, red flag number one, you guys. I, what are we doing? How are we not seeing that this mm -hmm. is sus? I don't know. I just, I don't trust anybody. So I'm like, you're coming up with a, where'd you find this flyer? <laughs> Flyers don't last in New York City for a year. That's ridiculous. Come on. That's fair. But he has it, doesn't he? Yeah. He has it in his hand. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have questions. Have you been stalking me? Why are exactly. you exactly? So they yeah. ask Kyle to like give them a minute so they can discuss. And like, he steps outside, but like there's holes in the ceiling and like the door's not closed. Everyone can hear each other. Like it's a little silly. Right. So Eric is resistant at first. Like he, they won't be able to tell the new guy that. Simon's a vampire and that's kind of a big con however they do need a lead singer um because this musical microphone uh game that they're playing is turns out it's not ideal because Kurt is a really ba bad singer <laughs> he is not so the bickering continues for a while before Clary pipes up with another perspective <clears throat> I think, Clary interrupted, raising her voice, that you should let him try out. Simon stared at her. Why? Because he's super hot, said Clary said, to Simon's surprise. He hadn't been enormously struck by Kyle's looks, but then perhaps he wasn't the best judge of male beauty. And your band needs some sex appeal. 
Thank you, said Simon. On behalf of all of us, thank you very much. <laughs> Clary made an impatient noise. <laughs> yes, yes, you're all fine-looking guys, especially you, Simon. She patted his hand. But Kyle is like, is hot like, whoa. I'm just saying my objective opinion uh, as a female is that if you add Kyle to your band, you will double your female fan base. Which means we'll have two female fans instead of one, said Kirk. <laughs> I like that they don't even consider nope. Clary a fan or a female. <laughs> nope. I'm not sure which. She's neither. <laughs> Just one of the band. Yeah. Oh, yes. The humble beginnings of a garage band. Their only fan is that one member's little cousin's <laughs> friend. Sounds about right. <laughs> and she's obsessed with Simon uh. and tells everyone that she's his girlfriend when she's at their shows. And I'm just asking, who's everyone? Simon's mom? <laughs> like, they're not exactly drawing a crowd. Yeah. Who is she telling these things to? This little 13-year-old. Uh, maybe the audience? Uh, hey, that's my boyfriend right. up there. Oh, my gosh. So they bring Kyle back in with new eyes. And we're in Simon's point of view. So we get, like, a woman's version of how a straight teen, or how they think a straight teen boy would determine the hotness of another dude. And I'm just going to say it's objectively terrible. It's bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a case of like an author just giving a narrative description without the voice of the POV character, which is fine. Like if that's what you're going to do, that's fine. But like the idea for me, like if you look at it from the lens of like, this is Simon's point of view, he's actively thinking, I'm trying to gauge what made Clary think this guy was hot. Right. So like the narrative is specifically saying that this is his point of view and like his perception. But it it's it's not <laughs> like it's his lingering summer tan and his fucking cheekbones and eyelashes and like nothing a teenage boy is going to notice about another boy. Right. right? Even no. if he's a vampire and has super awesome eyesight, like he's not he's not like. The bone structure, <laughs> a structure of this guy. Like, he's not, come on. Right? And eyelashes. He described him yeah. how, like, Magnus would have described him. He describes him. him how a woman would uh -huh. describe him. Someone who's sexually attracted to him would describe uh -huh. him. And I just, I... <sighs> what is with the narrative that, like, none of these guys noticed he was hot? Like, how? You're, you're not blind, like, mm -hmm. sure, like, maybe they wouldn't say it because of, like, social pressures, right? So they might not be like, whoa, that guy was a good-looking guy, right? Because that might be weird. But, like, Simon legitimately mm -hmm. in his head is like, he wasn't hideous. What? And I, I've had this conversation with my right. husband before because I've been like, I don't... And my husband's like, no, we know when another man is attractive. He's like, that's a ridiculous thing to assume that we don't have fucking eyes. He's like, men... Men compete. Exactly. Right? So, of course, we're going to notice when there's another, uh, like, traditionally attractive, if there's a traditionally attractive person, because we're thinking, are they better looking than me? Because we're both vying for the same thing. He's like, it's just, it, he's like, the same way a woman can tell when another woman is attractive is the same way a man can tell when another man is attractive, even if you're straight. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that just annoys me. It just makes me crazy yeah and it's a pet peeve it's true because 
women say it because we want to like rise up other women like god you are beautiful you know and guys are just so afraid to do anything that makes them so you act like an idiot like you don't have eyes and you're like i have no idea i guess he's not he doesn't have like something growing off of his forehead like (laughs) no you know what you notice you notice how broad his shoulders are you notice how tall he is you notice how like how like his jaw looks because those are all things that signal to a man that like those are the things they're striving for right like it's the same thing Mm -hmm. I just it's so silly anyway they know they I will absolutely die on this hill they know when someone is attractive like if we're talking about a guy not understanding the absolute chokehold Adam Driver and Pete Davidson have on me okay that can be a conversation they are not traditionally attractive men in some people, you know, the way society sees things. Now, you ask most women and most women are like, yeah, that's hot. But not everybody, right? Traditionally, not traditionally attractive. Yeah. But don't act like Ryan, if Ryan Reynolds came walking in the door, you wouldn't be like, yeah, that's a good looking man. I guess he's not what? hideous. Exactly. Come on. Huh. Uh-huh. That's like, that's that test. Like, you can know if someone's straight or not. Because if you ask a man if Ryan Reynolds is attractive, and if he says no. Then he's gay. That's the issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because he's, and he's right. trying to hide it. Interesting. Yeah. My husband has told me on, told me on multiple occasions. Pete, what is it? Pete Davidson has line cook energy. That's yes. the TikTok. Which I, is we, true. Or whatever. Which is yeah. true. Everyone's met that guy. Have you uh-huh. seen the bear? Sorry, sidebar. Have you guys seen the bear yet? It's on Hulu. It's uh-uh. short. It, it, I mean, I don't know. It's like eight oh, episodes or something. It's incredible. It's got um, Jeremy Allen White from uh, Shameless, the guy who played Lip. And he's, anyway, he's a cook and it's like in, a, in the restaurant. It's incredible. It's a, a great, great show. And he's also line cook hot. <laughs> He's that, like, okay. what Johnny Depp was in the 90s, but, like, current. It's like, we want you to look mm. like you haven't mm. showered in a couple of days. I would prefer if you looked like you probably smell like cigarettes and, like, like stale cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. I know. Listen, I'm not saying it's for everybody and I'm not saying it's for all the time, but that specific kind of line cook hot. Yeah, that is. That is. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, moving back, I like really went on a rant there. So anyway, Kyle is like svelte. He's tattooed. He's got green eyes. He's traditionally attractive. Although in Simon's point of view, just Mm -hmm. not hideous. That's as far as he'll go. So we skip over to the actual tryout and jump to Clary and Simon's walk back to Luke's after like a good showing for our boy Kyle. His audition audition went well. He sang very well, but the band is still on the vents. Um, <clears throat> Clary's pro Kyle because yes, while he can sing, it also means that the rest of the band can't like gab about the vampire thing all the time. And you know, Oh shit. I want to read this. Okay. I didn't read it. I was just ad-libbing. So, uh, Clary's pro Kyle, because while he can sing, it also means that the rest of the band can't be all loose-lipped about the I want to suck your blood thing. That was worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not 
sure what Clary's doing, um, but she's like, hey, you remember when your girlfriend almost died before she was your girlfriend and we killed those rom demons over here? Do you remember? <laughs> remember, Winnie, remember. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I didn't kill anything, though. That was you and Jace. I was puking in the bushes, like, <laughs> terrified. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, wherever... Clary's going with this is lost on Simon because his head is full of Camille. Um, and what she said about his shadow hunter companions, uh, she said, uh, quote, you befriend shadow hunters, but you can never be of them. You will always be other and outside. And so like, it's like, ah, shit, that's kind of true. Mm -hmm. Clary tries to make Simon feel better by telling him that he wouldn't be scared this time because she gave him the mark of Cain. Remember? It's like a whole thing. Simon's been sporting bangs over the mark. Um, and I just imagine it's a Harry Potter haircut because, like, it's all I can see. Yeah. Goblet of it fire. It still seems like it would be hard to. <clears throat> I mean, I guess I'm picturing it as, like, his I entire like forehead. In the middle, it's, but... like, round, kind of, like, in the middle of his eyes, like, okay. middle of his forehead, smack dab. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm. Okay. I also have no idea what the mark of Cain looks like. I feel like... No, me either. I feel like Clary is doing a pretty shitty job of being, like, a best friend here. And not realizing that he's... Needs... He's going through I feel like Clary is always doing a not-so-great job of being a friend. (laughs) She's not... She's not great at it. She's just too focused on herself. She's got main character energy and it shows. (laughs) Um, so Clary reached out and touched his forehead and the curving scripted mark there. Her eyes were sad as they had been the day in the halls of the hall of accords in Alicante when she'd cut the old, when she'd cut the oldest curse in the world into his skin. Does it hurt? No, no, it doesn't. And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. This is what that's in his head. That's like a a thought that goes through his head. And then he says, uh, you know, I don't blame you, don't you? You saved my life. I know. Her eyes were shining. She dropped her hand from his forehead and scrubbed the back of her glove across her face. Damn it. I hate crying. It's like, wow, that's some heavy shit. Like, when you think mm-hmm. about it, is he is really, like, he's, like, no, you've really kind of, like, she really did curse him. Like, all well intentions, but at the uh-huh. end of the day, he's immortal and no one can ever kill him. So there, there's yep. no end to the suffering that is humanity to him. I, well, and it's so new. I doubt it's hit there's them yet. 16, that that's what, really... 16, 17? Yeah. Like, think about how mm-hmm. daunting that is mm-hmm. at that age. Like, to try and process that. Yeah. It's wild. Well, in the... Like I said, the part of it, too, was imagine you're hugging your wife and she accidentally scratches your neck. Like, is that seem as you're attacking them? Right. And then Right. Or is it like the intent, happens? maybe? Somehow it can sense right. intent. Well, I don't think it would curse someone to be a wanderer if it was just the intent behind it, right? I don't know. Like, yeah. how would that make you like a, a wanderer on Earth where you could never settle? You'd have to keep. Mm-hmm. moving like you'd be able to have a family and kids right. like it wouldn't matter right but, like your baby That's accidentally fair. punches right. you in the face then yeah you know 
So on huh. a lighter note, the wedding's coming up, and in case you were wondering, wondering, Luke and Jocelyn are disgustingly in love, and Simon has less than two weeks to figure out who the fuck he's taking to the wedding. <laughs> the, this comment, I don't know why re-listening to this this time around bothered me, because... It's hard for me, I guess, to imagine them being disgustingly in love when they've had the same relationship since they were, it sounds like children, right? That's how long they've been Uh friends. So it seems weird to just suddenly, only just a few months, just be all over each other. And like, I imagine disgustingly in love from a child to a parent perspective is like they're making out all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Saving it up. Yeah, Yeah. what Robin said. I imagine their relationship didn't change a whole well, lot. Well, I also imagine, I mean, they've probably but. been, like, jonesing for each other for this whole fucking time. That's a lot That's of pent-up. I'm sure I wouldn't be able to, like, stop touching. It's like the honeymoon phase, but, like, times a thousand. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, okay, okay. Disgustingly <laughs> in love it is. I could just see it. Also, I'm thinking about <laughs> Luke from Gilmore Girls, and I would be disgusting with him if I had spent my whole life pining after him and finally got together. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what's, that, what's that TikTok sound? Like, oh. I would let this man do vile, disgusting, borderline illegal things to me. <laughs> I don't want him to be able to look at me after. I am on a different <laughs> algorithm than you. Clearly. I, I hate that it. I tell on myself. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so they get to Luke's house and Simon watches Clary get into the front door. And I suppose we could take this one of two ways. Creepy or lovingly protective. And I think I'll go with the former because I think he's creepy. Dude, I thought when I was listening to this, I'm like, Jace couldn't walk her home, but Simon does. That's totally true. Yeah. That's what went through my head. Well, doesn't he live nearby, though, to be fair? Like, I, I don't know because she moved to Luke, so I don't think so. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I just said that, too. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not thinking about that. <laughs> it was just automatic for him to walk her home um he goes into because you're although they probably were practicing at someone else's house i was like he would left his house to walk her home anyway they were not practicing at his house anyway he goes into thought about how long it had been since he had gone even a few days without seeing clary um because he's thinking about like his conversation with camille and stuff and being a wanderer or whatever his you know but um Weren't they away apart from each other a few days at the beginning of all of this Shadowhunter stuff? So, uh, yeah. I mean, it was just a couple of months ago. <laughs> anyway, um, I have to ask you guys a very serious question. Okay, so um, Robin sent me a TikTok the other day about inner voices. Like, in the video... Apparently, some people don't have inner voices. And, like, the video was, like, this person doing things at the grocery store and their brain was silent. Is that really a thing? Like, are there really people that don't hear themselves talk? I mean, I think... How do you hear your own thoughts? I think people can, like, be like, okay, I I need to remember the milk. But they don't 
narrate that like when I'm making dinner, I am talking to myself like I am making a fucking cooking video. Okay, first I'm gonna dice the garlic <clears throat> up really small and then I'm gonna put it in the pan and now I'm gonna julienne my carrots and it goes here and it's literally I am talking to myself step by step. Now what they're talking yeah. about is they're talking about people don't think in words. So they don't think I'm gonna remember the milk. They don't think the words sounding like a voice in their heads. <clears throat> they either see a picture Crazy. of milk and remember that they have to get milk or whatever. That's what, now, that's how it's being explained. <laughs> I am still very skeptical. I know there are people that claim this. Yes. I'm very skeptical. I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's no scientific data and all we have is somebody's word. And it's like, do you not mm-hmm. understand? Yep. Are you not I paying mean, attention? Kind of- do you not, are you not like comprehending what's happening? Or are you just saying that? Like there's, and there's no like, there's no test, yeah. right? There's no way to prove it. So. Of course. Okay. So listen, if I'm trying to find my car keys and I, I can't find them anywhere and I'm like, okay, I need to remember the last place I had them and basically mm-hmm. decode from there. Mm-hmm. In my brain, I can see, I'm like, okay, this is a picture in my head of yeah. my keys in my purse. And yeah. I can see that. And then I can see me, okay, now here's a picture of me standing into the kitchen with yeah. my keys at the table or whatever. And I can see or that image Or you can close your head. eyes and remember so a memory it's and see like it that. like a movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So maybe they're doing but, that instead of So, so it's silent? In my head, I thought it was just somebody like... That's what I don't, that's what, that's what this video, what I'm doing that, yeah. See, but that's what I don't, that's where I call bullshit because I'm saying if you close your eyes and you I think know. of a memory, you're telling me that memory has no sound. I think, I think. Right. Exactly. Or you can't hear your own thoughts. How exactly. do you come up with I just, anything? I just don't, I don't think, understand. Listen, if it is, that's cool. But I just don't think that whole, like, I feel like there's more to the story. I feel like there's more information that we're not being filled in on. Mm-hmm. Or exactly. misunderstanding it. Well, somehow. in this They're specific video, wrong. the specific video I sent was just like, imagine yeah. not having an inner monologue saying your voice all day. So it was just so, silence at the grocery store. I think that one in particular was saying, basically, mm-hmm. imagine not talking to yourself yeah, while you're doing crazy. shit. And I think people don't talk okay, to themselves okay. while they're doing yeah. shit. I think well, that is like, real. There's Weird. some people that like... I feel like that is something... No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was like, I feel like that's something like my husband or my daughter would do because they have very similar um, Mm -hmm. brain chemistry Mm -hmm. and they act very similarly. And I am like, I was telling Amanda, it's, it's hard for me to not know if it's the patriarchy or my own craziness when my daughter doesn't do things that I think of in my like this is mm-hmm. very matronly or this is very feminine of you to worry about this what or think about other people's feelings nature. first or whatever and it's yeah. and it's not it's my mm-hmm. anxiety and like quote unquote the patriarchy which and I made a conscious effort when she was born I'm like I don't want her to be a pushover mm-hmm. like I am yep. I want her to have confidence I want her to say no I want all these things and that is how she's living her life but now I'm kind of like struggling with it because I'm like, don't you care that you sounded kind of rude to that person with this hysteria? And she's like, no, they didn't worry about my feelings. Why should I give a crap about them? And I'm like, amazing, correct, ma'am. <laughs> yes. You know, but it's like, so that energy, yeah. basically, I feel like they're not monologue huh? people. What'd you say? Yeah. 
I just feel like they're not monologue people. I'll have right. to ask her. Well, but anyway, it's the same continue. thing as they, yeah. like, they, they'll they say, like, yeah, I don't have an inner monologue. But then they'll be like, yeah, and when I'm reading a book, I don't hear the words being read aloud in my head. And I'm like, that's not, that's not, you just comprehend them? You're not reading yourself a right? story? Like, I hear my own voice reading the words. Uh-huh. So that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I read it how I would read it if I was, like, Absolutely. acting out the book. Like, if I was going to read, Absolutely. be the narrator. Yeah, sometimes I make the facial expressions exactly. that they're explaining so that I can exactly. get the whole picture. I do that even when I'm <laughs> yes. listening to an audio book. It's immersive I'll make the reading. This is... <laughs> Uh-huh. But I just, like, that's wild to me to <laughs> imagine great. reading and not hearing the words in my head. Like, that's that's crazy to me. Uh-huh. And so, like, I've, like, when I was that little, like, weird. I was fascinated with talking to my grandma about, like, everything that goes on in her brain, right? Because she's deaf. And so I'm like, do you, like hear noise in your brain like when you think about noise do you hear noise and she's like yeah and I'm like but like all the time she's like no not all the time just some some things like if she sees people like if she sees someone like open their mouth really wide and like you can tell when someone's yelling whereas when they're faking it she's like Mm -hmm. I can like in my head know that that's a loud noise or like I can hear it quote unquote hear it in my head because she wasn't born deaf. She was deaf until she was two. Or, I mean, she was hearing until she was two. Right. So she still has some. And she's worn hearing aids. So she's experienced sound before. So it's not, like, just completely, like, made up. But when she's, like, reading or something, like, when she, instead of hearing a voice read the word and, like, sound out the word. Because she doesn't use her voice very much. She didn't do a lot of, like, speech therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she doesn't know how all of the sounds are supposed to sound and, like, how to make the voice, like, the voice sounds. But she'll, yeah. when she's, like, she'll read a word and she'll see the sign in her head. Right? And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And then, like, I was like, well, I guess you're right because I do the same thing when I'm, like, when I'm talking to my grandma or, like, in a conversation with, like, my grandma and my mom. Mm-hmm. So, like, me and my mom, obviously, we're both hearing. But um, because we're both hearing and because we, we grew up in, like, this very mixed, like, family, we talk and sign at the same time. And so I... Even if it's just the two of you? We do it a lot. We do it a lot. Like, especially if we're cooking That's or if, awesome. like, we have to use That's shorthand great. or something. Yeah. But, like, when we're, like, with my grandma... We're all talking and like me and my mom are using our voice as well as signing. And when I'm like thinking about what I'm going to say, I'm thinking about it in sign as well as voice. Like I hear the voice in my head and I see the signs in my head. Interesting. So I'm like, I, like I get how other people's brains can work differently based on their own experiences. It's just bananas to me that like there are no, there's no sound in your head. That's crazy. <laughs> I agree. My, I'm just, I, I don't believe it. Yeah, prove I it. I mean, exactly. I don't want to like negate someone's experience, but it just seems too crazy to me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, and something that I saw, like I feel like it was a TikTok. The The thing that it said was basically like, were the odd people out? And I'm like, no. Were the so. odd people out that monologue? Absolutely not. That is That's what false. the one that I had seen. Exactly. Yes. 
That's why you can't believe everything on the internet. <laughs> that, that, that's the only reason. That was the solidifying factor. for this. Jury's that's in. That's the reason. Guess what? Can't believe yeah, everything on the I internet. I realized. I mean, it can't be because we surround ourselves with people that have the same mental illnesses as we do. <laughs> right. So our no. worldview is skewed. Absolutely not. That's, that's not. I, that's not it. Yeah. These are my people. I was overwhelmed for a couple of months <laughs> and I couldn't check my TikTok messages because it was there was just too many of them and I wasn't prepared to like sit oh, down and do it. So then I, I sat down and I, I started going over the ones mm-hmm. Robin sent me and I'm like, okay, listen, a third of these are either telling me or you that we are like, like not telling us, um, confirming that we are ne- neurodivergent and possibly <laughs> telling me that yep. I might be autistic. Like the, every single I'm like I'm like all of, yeah. why are you pointing this out? I didn't know that that was a thing. Why is that a thing? Why is why is everyone not do those things? I do. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Learning how many people are finding out in their adulthood that they are autistic makes me feel a lot better about my son's diagnosis. Well, well, like, Just because he's not alone, I remember you know. Us talking about that, and you were telling us about like um, going through like the whole process of like testing and evaluations and all of this, and like the checklist. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at you and going, "Why is that a thing? That doesn't even make any sense." <laughs> yeah, I'm like. <laughs> Yep. Well, and he was diagnosed so early and now a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff has fallen off. And obviously he still has a few, you know, a few things where I'm like, hey, <laughs> let's check in on your brain. Oh my <laughs> you <God>. <laughs> like little lining things up here and there and stuff still. But, you know, um, but yeah, so it's definitely it's always changing. So I don't know. It's it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Brains Robin are crazy. Robin always sends me ones that I'm like, Agreed. I didn't even know that was something I had to worry about that I do. Like, didn't even know that wasn't normal. <laughs> think about. I just think they're funny because I can guarantee you if I'm doing it, so are one of you. Like when you're, there's a loud noise and you put your hands over In your, a crowd and you go, so wah, goes, wah, 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 wah. I'm like, wah, everyone wah, wah, wah. did that as a kid. <laughs> That's not a me thing. Everyone does that, right? Yeah. I'm like, everyone, when their whole families came over oh for holidays, God. would sneak into the bathroom by themselves and lay on the floor with their face pressed against the tile because it was cool that's normal right <laughs> apparently not i did that yeah. when I, was no, I, I would do it when the house was really like there was a lot of people it was like just over stimulated and i would go into the bathroom and lay on the floor <laughs> and i thought that was normal <laughs> i did apparently not do that it's not <laughs> but i'm sure i did other weird shit <sighs> oh, oh my this god is good stuff Okay, you guys, I'm sorry for my tangent. I just had to know about that because he was in deep thought. That was where that was. Okay. Okay, so while Simon is in deep thought, a van pulls up next to him and a dude dressed like he's getting ready for like a 90s music video. Uh, he pops out and he has he's wheel he's brandishing a knife, if you will. Oh, because he's wearing a tracksuit. Oh god. It took me on it. I was he like, just what needs was a he chain. wearing? Oh, yeah. He just needs a chain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so instead of running, because he's a super fast vampire, Simon froze and just starts offering his wallet. Like, here, take it. Take, take everything <laughs> Just I don't have. take the girl. But, like he's in that Garth Brooks yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> this guy does not need money. He needs violence. 
And so he gets stabby stabby and stabs Simon, but the knife only like dents his leather jacket. It doesn't even penetrate it. And suddenly an invisible like bodyguard hand um, goes into attack mode, murdering this motherfucker and eventually turning him into salt. Like it breaks him into tiny pieces and then Simon touches the pieces because of course you would. And it's salt. A pillar of salt. And I'm like, all we are is dust in the wind. <laughs> okay, that's... But it's weird. Inappropriate to laugh, but that guy was kind of being a dick, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, seeing all of that happen with, like, him... It's obviously a bigger paragraph of him, like, his body breaking into pieces and getting hit and all this stuff. It makes Simon sick. And so he, like, runs over to the side and vomits. And, of course, it's blood because it's, like, what he eats, you know? Uh-huh. But at first I was like, oh, my God, why is he vomiting blood? And then I was like, oh, my God, you freaking idiot. He's a vampire. That's all he has in his body. Like, he doesn't even have body- blood in his own veins. Like, But anyway. I think it's funny that, his, that Simon's reaction is always to puke. Yeah, we literally just talked about it like a couple of paragraphs uh, as ago. As someone who has did this my husband, who has developed a weak stomach okay. over like the years, like I when I was a kid, I had an iron stomach. I could eat anything. We were poor. I ate all kinds of crazy shit. But mm. as an adult, oh, like one little like it just doesn't sit right, and it's an instantly coming up. An old lady, with stomach huh. issues. I'm like, I feel you, Simon. Mm, I feel me. you. My husband does it when he's yeah. anxious. Okay. Mom's spaghetti, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Interesting. God, could you imagine if we vomited every time we were anxious? <laughs> I just wear a bucket around oh my God. neck. Yeah. Yeah. You just have a permanent IV because you'd be so dehydrated. <laughs> oh, I haven't had water in two days. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, you're welcome. Continue. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. I'm going to text you every day from now on. Okay. So after all of this, Simon gets home and it's like his mom is waiting for him like you see in the movies, right? Like her chair is facing the door. She has her shotgun. Just kidding. There's no shotgun. But she is facing the door. And um, he's surprised because she doesn't react to the blood that's on his clothes. I'm assuming from him vomiting Mm -hmm. is where the blood came from, right? Um, so he starts off with a lie because he knows there's blood on him. So he's like, ah, this was, I think he said like, this was Eric's blood. He got a bloody nose. And she's like, no, no. And (laughs) I'm not having it. Stop with your lies. Uh, follow me to the kitchen. Mm. And he's like, oh, did you make my favorite dinner? We ever got to can't eat. God, that sucks. Okay. So anyway. They get in the kitchen and there's bottles of blood lined up on the counter. She like organized it for him. She was really upset that he didn't have like a system in place, you know, when she saw all the blood and she was like, FIFO, bro, right? you got to like you gotta make sure you're not getting shit. sick. You got to you got to drink them in order. Yeah. You didn't even put the we date to on get it. You a little chart. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The date. Like if you work in a restaurant. Uh-huh. <laughs> So anyway, she um, starts going into, like, the story about what made her go into his room and start looking. Like, he's out all hours of the night. He has new friends. He's not eating. He's obviously been lying a lot. And all Simon can say is, like, you searched my room? Yes. It's kind Uh of her house, bro. 
but maybe that's just the mom and me reacting. Like he, I guess he's allowed to feel I mean, like he, he has has been space, staying out at all anyway. hours and being shifty. I, yeah. there, there is a limit yeah. to which you are entitled to your own space. And uh-huh. when you may be a danger to yourself or right. others, that is where that limit ends. So sorry, kids. Exactly. Yes, These are the moms to be speaking. That word is final. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yep. So, yeah. (laughs) So her initial thought was that if she had found drugs in his room, she would be able to get him into rehab and get him help. Um, But like she didn't expect to find blood. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) So when she saw the blood, uh, like she when she first realized that it was blood, um, she thought that he had joined a cult. Which I guess is a valid guess, you know? Okay. I mean, that would make sense. And another, okay, I have to bring up a TikTok again because I think that this is so funny. And honestly, I don't totally remember the entire thing, just the gist of it. I even went back to look for it and I couldn't find it. But basically, it was a stitched video of someone saying, like, what would it take for you to join a cult? And someone stitched it and was basically just like, snacks pizza deviled eggs you know just was the one i yeah deviled eggs that's what it was that's what it was deviled eggs maybe two enough for everybody uh, enough for us to have two but maybe one more if we wanted an (laughs) extra one very specific that was it (laughs) and i'm not exactly sure what would do it for me but i i agree i feel like food is pretty high up on the list depending on the kind of stuff that the cult would be doing let's be honest here if they were like hey we've got a commune where you like everyone, you know, mutually pitches in and we have a place to live and we eat our own, you know, we grow our own food. You don't have to say less. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. This this shit show we're living in, I, I'm, we're already in the cult of capitalism. Let's just fucking go. I'm just trading one for the other. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Little do you know, you just have to go murdering every I mean, now no and then. No biggie. About that. No biggie. <laughs> Lightly breaded murder. Right. <laughs> uh, you'd have to convince me uh, not to go. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> We'd be sitting here like, Kristen, you can't join a cult. You'd have an intervention. Okay. Exactly. But I really want to. <laughs> Okay, here's the thing, though. You're just going to make your own cult when you make your own homestead. So you don't need to join a cult. You can start a cult. This is true. That is, yes. Yes. You can be Magnus. I told you, if I would have grown up in the 70s, I could have been a cult leader. (laughs) Like the 60s, 70s. I could have done that. (laughs) Yeah. Charles Manson over here. Charlotte Manson. Okay. So... (laughs) God. Okay, so you guys, his mom insists on knowing the truth, and he just comes out with this truth bomb of the century, and because he's just like, I'm a vampire. Like, I can't imagine how difficult it was to literally right? get those words out of his mouth. And she obviously doesn't believe him because she's like, vampires don't exist. And he's like, ta-da, here I am. <laughs> but no, his mom is like, you can't be a blood-drinking vampire because you're a vegetarian. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I know this shit is nasty. But I promise I haven't hurt anyone. I only drink animal bread, blood. And she just says to him that he thinks he's a vampire and he thinks he drinks blood. 
she goes on about how she should have seen this sooner and gotten him help. And of course, she puts it all on her shoulders. And I totally relate to that. So he finally is just like, listen, feel my pulse. If I have a pulse, you're right. I'm gone. I've gone mad and I'll go to the hospital and get help. And so she feels his pulse and obviously realizes that there isn't one there. And he watches her realize that. And like, there's something seriously wrong here. And she starts, her demeanor completely changes. Like she starts to uncanny, uncanny valley and thing. And she's asking like. She's like, woo, the spidey senses. Yeah. Oh, sh- uh-huh. Yeah. So she starts asking like what this monster did with her son and telling him to get away from her. And I feel like this originally when I heard this, I think this is when I started crying. Like it was really this was hard. Like that's really sad. So she starts praying and honestly, it's working. He starts to feel icky, which is just. And he's like, she should be praying. This is the right thing she should be doing. Basically, like, I'm a terrifying vampire. And eventually he realizes, although he's trying to be calm and talk her into calming down, she's not going to get over this, at least not at this moment. So he calmly convinces her that she's having a dream. And he took her hand and led her back to the armchair that she had been sitting in and got her to go back to sleep. He, like, puts a little blankie on her. He gets her to sleep. He goes and cleans up all the blood out of the kitchen, changes his clothes, packs a duffel mm. bag, and leaves his bedroom. I feel like I I would be asking, and, like, maybe it's because I'm a contrarian in that way, but, like, if my kid was like, Mom, I'm really a vampire, right? Like, and I found all this blood, and, like, instead of being like, no, no, I know better, you just think you are, I would... I would take the the challenging approach and I'd be like, prove it, right? Like, I feel like, I feel right. like flipping out the fangs would be a little bit more convincing. Well, and I guess yes. that could be scarier. I think he thought that might, yeah. obviously that would scare her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Which this, is what happened anyway. She is yeah. very paranoid. His mom is super, super paranoid. And like, she has been... I think Magnus, I think if Magnus would have never uh-huh. put the memory spell on her, because I feel like she, it's making her uh-huh. feel like she's going crazy. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Clary would have sat with her maybe. And like, if he, if Simon could have like explained it to his mm-hmm. sister first and started there. So it was his sister mm-hmm. and Clary. And then, you know, maybe she would have taken and it. They could all be right. like, look, we've known. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But she is super, yeah. super paranoid already as it is. So That's it a really good was point. Just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's like, it's like literally yeah. gaslighting, right? No, I'm mm-hmm. not flicking the lights or whatever the heck that was. Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. I just, I, I don't know how I would, I would be so, I would, my morbid curiosity would kick in over everything else. And I'd just be like, you have to tell me everything. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I gotta know. But I get, I get how you'd be really scared. Like that's terrifying. Your poor little baby. You're like, you're a changeling. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, wild. I agree. Okay, so um, he makes his way into the living room and sees that his mom is still asleep on the couch. And he sprinkles some more, like, vampire hypnotics onto her. Because that's what mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's doing. Yeah. Right. He's, like, compelling her. Has I don't know something. what vampires How did he get her have? to go night night? I don't know if they have that power. It in this seems like world. from what he explained, he is he does because otherwise, how would he be able to convince her to go to sleep? Uh-huh. 
She was just freaking out. It, it has to be other, color. I mean, other than maybe she's just so emotionally drained, she was just able to no. go right to sleep. It, it was but... magic. What he was doing was magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was, like, compelling her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, okay, sorry. Ooh, I lost my place, and I'm only one sentence in. So he does the hypnotics, and he's saying, he's telling her, He's going to be gone for a few days, but she's not going to worry about him. She's just going to think he's away for a field trip at school. And so she doesn't need to call him. She's not. She won't call. <gasps> Everything is good. Everything's perfect. Just perfect. Fucking up her, her mind even more. Exactly. <laughs> so he steps back from her and notices how she looks both older and younger at the same time. Like, he's like, oh, she has a lot more gray hair and, like, all these wrinkles. And I'm like, that's what I feel like when I look in the mirror. Thanks, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that she's laid on the couch makes her, like, feel she's very in a very mm-hmm. young position. Like, she feels very vulnerable. And so he touches her hand, says goodbye or whatever, grabs his keys and leaves. And we are done with Simon for this chapter. Dang it. So we flash over to Jace at the Institute and he's been leaving his window open, so it's not so quiet, is the explanation here. And I'm assuming by now it's like winter, right? Like, yeah, because at least we were at fall. We were because they were in the the summer. It was like sticky mm-hmm. summer heat in the first trilogy. They had the war. It's been a couple months. It's got to be like January or February. Is my Right. opinion here yeah and i bet if like maris or if robert was home walked in they'd be like pretty ticked off and say something totally parenty like i'm not paying to heat up the whole outside it yep. is 2007 brother get a boom box listen to some music at a jarring high volume while you're sleeping until mid-afternoon having no thoughts as to how you might be disturbing the rest of the people in your house embrace your teenage dirtbag era okay preach that is what you need to do until you turn 30 and then you just get a fan. Oh, yeah. I love the fan. Yeah. So good. Jace is on his bed going through the letters and trinkets, which are like a steely, steely, stele, and a dagger engraved with SWH. And it's in the silver box that Amatus had given him. He's reading like one letter a day. That's the thing that he's doing. And he's trying to echo out a con- connection with his deceased biological father and, of course, finding it difficult to do so. Oh, I need to scroll down. Okay, the letters sh- had shown that Stephen was a thoughtful man with hardworking parents. And he initially turned to the circle because he thought it would give him a chance to prove himself in the world. He's like Achilles, apparently. That's <laughs> You got to make a name for yourself. That's more important than fucking living. I don't know. Stephen... Um, had kept writing to Amatus even after their divorce, which is a piece of information that I forgot. Yeah. So, it's um, interesting. I, I forgot it's, too. Yeah. And I tried to fair, like paraphrase this a couple times, but I couldn't. So you just get to hear it. <laughs> and I quote Tiff. And those letters, he his, dis, his disenchantment with Valentine and sickness at the circle's activities were clear, though he rarely, if ever, mentioned Jace's mother, Celine. It made sense. Amatus wouldn't have wanted to hear about her replacement, and yet Jace could not help hating his father a little for it. If he hadn't cared about Jace's mother, why marry her? If he hated the circle so much, why hadn't he left it? Valentine had been a madman, but at least he stood by his principles. Then, like, of course, immediately after, he feels guilty 
for preferring Valentine to his real dad. And that mm-hmm. makes him question his own moral compass. And I have uh-huh. two things to say here. First, I find it weirdly hilarious to think that Jace's internal monologue uses words like madman. And if Simon heard him say that, he would have the same reaction to Camille saying cohort. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just He was a madman. I think that's very funny for a 17-year-old boy to, like, have that in his, like... Yeah. It's inner, not like he was a crazy motherfucker. Uh, well, Psycho. he doesn't watch comic books or anything like that. Like, it's very weird. I think yeah. it's funny. And second, um, this is obviously some really heavy emotional damage for him to have to bear. And I know that Jocelyn is busy planning her wedding, but how cool would it have been if she were able to sit down and face him slash talk to him about what's going on here? It seems like they could have, like, some parallels about loving V-Tang that she could help him with. Either that or, like, they need a shadow hunter therapist. I agree. Well, (laughs) as this book goes on, we'll we'll get into... There's more instances of, like, interaction and stuff. The way Jocelyn treats jace makes me insane she is such a fucking Uh boomer parent when it comes to her the way she tries to raise clary it's all do as i say and i don't you don't have any autonomy autonomy of your own like and then no i don't want like you you're being too serious with this boy instead of making an effort to get to know who her daughter is with and Maybe mm-hmm. find a way to have her own influence on the two of them in a positive way. She's just a foil for them. And it just, it drives me up the wall. I'm like, you're doing the opposite. Like, you're doing everything to get the opposite reaction that you want. Yes. Well, it's also weird. It's in such contrast to her, like, I'm a bohemian exactly. artist. Well, and you would think that someone who, and I understand, like, how it might be a little bit difficult, but Jocelyn's a grown-ass woman, okay? She's a grown-ass woman. She's been through the shit. She was on, you know, she was in hiding, whatever, all of this stuff. And now she's, like, building her new life, and she's healing, and she's with this person. You know, everything's great Mm -hmm. and honky-dory, and it's like... Don't you think that someone else who was abused by your same abuser would be someone that you would want to reach out to and help in any way? Because Mm -hmm. don't you wish as an adult that you had someone when you were a teenager and being abused by Valentine and getting yourself in this horrible situation? Don't you wish that you had someone to talk to about it? Those complicated feelings because you loved him, but he was awful to you? Like... Yeah, and she like, do you want people to treat you that way because you had a relationship right. with with Valen? Like, it just what makes yeah, it so I you're agree. okay to have moved on from this, but he's not okay to have moved on from this. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's one of those things that it, it's so nearsighted. Like, you're you're just not seeing you're you know you're whatever willing. Well, you can't see the like, forest yeah. because of the trees or whatever the fuck it is. Like, it just. Yep. I don't know. Break some generational trauma. All right, lady? Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it seems like if she bothered to get to know Jace, then she should she would be able to mm-hmm. judge his character with more mm-hmm. merit to Clary. 
like, look, I've spent time with you. Luke and I took you guys to the movies. We've talked to him. Like, this seems well, sketch. And I would want to mm-hmm. have a conversation. But she just on principle. Like, regardless of if my daughter's dating you or not, if I found out that my ex-husband, who I had been on the run from, who had done awful things to me and to other people that I loved... And I found out that he had been raising a kid for 10 years and then this awful stuff happened to him and now this kid is lost and he's a complete orphan. I would want to make sure that that kid was okay. I mean, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I feel like all of you are the same. Absolutely. I agree. She knew Steven and Celine. Mm -hmm. She had a relationship with them on top of it. And it's like he, you, Valentine murdered this child's mother to take him from the womb basically to run experiments on him like you don't you feel like you owe him some yeah like emotional support or at least a conversation like an honest Mm -hmm. one well it's like amatus is doing more Mm -hmm. to repair the bridge than she is yep and i feel like this is something that like luke took clary Mm -hmm. under his wing and so it's not like she can't even see that. And maybe, maybe she doesn't want to step on Maris's toes. But mm. I feel like we would have that conversation. Yeah, and I would, I would say it would be more like it would make more sense for Jocelyn to step into that role than Amaris, right? Because like uh-huh. this poor woman's also been through the fucking ringer because of Valentine. And also, there is a little bit of yep. me that is still a little bit like, Jocelyn, you kind of fed into this shit until he started treating you like crap. And then you were like, oh, I guess uh-huh. you're a bad guy. Like, he was still, she was still uh-huh. doing some, she, her opinions, yeah, her, right. she her was in moral the guidance was not pure all the fucking time. Like, I, like, mm-hmm. there is a little bit that I kind of feel like, Jocelyn, you got some pedants to pay. Because, like, yes, while things towards the mm-hmm. end got real fucked up and you are valid for feeling all of those things, in the beginning, you were still on the pure blood bullshit. So, yep, <laughs> I don't know. Agreed. Uh. Not into it. Thank you for validating <laughs> Validate me. Validate me, daddy. <laughs> we should get a shirt that says validate me, daddy. Yep. <laughs> Okay, listen. We have I, there's so many. We got to do merch or stickers or shirts we or have something. To. Even yes. that that Agreed. website that does it for you. Yeah, you can we sell can do them on Etsy text or whatever. A, I don't know. Anyway, message us or whatever. Jace, whatever your favorite sayings, so we can remember and maybe compile them. If you'd like to see it on merch. Yeah, license yeah. to nerd. Validate me, daddy. There there's are. a bunch of different ones. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jace is pulled from his thoughts by a knock at his bedroom door. A knock from Clary and she's dressed up in what has to be described as risque business casual attire what are you doing Frey she's got, what are you doing you're 16 what the fuck she's got a blouse there's like a tie like a neck tie on the neck with it and like a skirt it's very like Lane Bryant if you will And Jace is staring at her. He just opens the door and stares at her. And she's like, um, are you going to let me in? 
And he, like, checks down the hallway to make sure no one's watching and then pulls her inside, provoking a prompt, what's going on? Is everything okay? Why are you here? And Clary casually kicks off her shoes, which are Mary mm-hmm. Jane's. It doesn't of say that. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking is going with her of business casual. Yeah. That's what I pictured, and too. She sits on his bed and she tells him, like... I just missed you, and Luke and Mom are asleep, so they won't notice that I'm gone. And Jace is like, bro, sis, you (laughs) shouldn't be here. No. (laughs) And then adding to himself, like, his thought in his head is like, oh, it's so painful to say that. And for reasons that, like, she wouldn't even guess. Oh. Oh, it's so angsty. It's a secret we're hiding. I can't get over the implication that, like, this is what Clary thought was sexy attire. That, like, she was like, I'm going to sneak out in the middle of the night, put on something sexy, and go see my man. Like, (laughs) look, it gets better at the end of the chapter, okay? Like, at Levine. What? (laughs) It gets better. Okay. So Clary is like, fine, if you want me to leave, I'll go. But I came all this way and you should at least kiss me goodnight. And Jace's hormones lose the fight and they start making out. And he even ends up taking the braids out of her hair, which is blatantly just disrespectful. Okay. He's like, I took her braids out of her hair because I like her hair better that way. And I agree. I mean, taken. Maybe everyone doesn't, like, have overactive sweat glands in their scalp and, like, fucking produce it everywhere like I do. But we do not want our hair hanging in our face and stuck on the back of our neck. It was braided for a reason. No, thank you. Keep your hands to yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Crisscross applesauce. Anyway. It's now Jace's return. Fuck. Turn. Not return. To go over and reflect on Clacy, like his Clacy experience <laughs> and what V-Tang's fake family tree had meant to him and like everything it did. He even thinks about how sometimes now the memory came over him and it's like his reaction to cope with that trauma is to just kiss her harder, which is <laughs> his version of Kristen's full body shakes to knock away oh, the intrusive yeah. thoughts. You shake your okay. body. He kisses Clary. That's okay. how he's going to knock it out feel like we shouldn't be using know. other people as our... Yours is better. Like, stims, but okay. Yeah. Release. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Not to be deterred from his fucking intrusive thoughts, he picks her up and goes over to the bed, sprawling on top, like, sprawling her on top of it, and they, like, end up crumpling some of the letters. And, like, no, bro. Pick that up. Mm-hmm. Have some respect. You'll regret it when you're older. Take care of your things. You, you can never get another letter from your dad. Don't do that. Yep. And so they lay there and they're still making out. And he's like internally being like, oh, my God, we've never been this close before. Well, technically, we had been in Idris. But that was like weird. <laughs> Speaking of weird, um, in this moment, let's dive further into the feelings um, that I'm having about like Clary's mom. Particularly how much she went to great blanks that they were never alone with each other at night. Because, like, she totally hates me. Let's Ugh. do that. And There's I'm the sure, teenager coming out. There it is. I'm sure Clary can sense his thoughts wandering. Because I'm sure he's being a little, like, mm-hmm. weird. And so mm-hmm. she tells him how much she loves him. And she's like, I never want to lose <laughs> you. 
And so Jace slides his hands down to untie her matronly blouse. Okay. Because it's got like a bow on it. And his other hand touches the metal from his father's hunting dagger. And he tells her, like, I won't let that happen. And she's like, how can you be so sure? And then, like, straight up a fucking ICP song. He's like, bitch, I love you, but now you gotta die. And then he just fucking stabs her in the chest, okay? And he's like, oh, no, not again. So, of course, it's a nightmare. He wakes up. He jumps out of the bed, falls on his knees, checking to make sure his hands were clean. And as Biggie said, it was all the dream. Yeah, so, so obviously let's those go back. Were his that is shows. what Jace thinks is Clary's sexy attire. It's worse. That's not even what Clary thinks is sexy. It's Jace. Jace has mommy issues, clearly. Jace has- Dude. Jace, Jace has taken the Sears catalog into the bathroom one too he many has times. The worst taste. Oh, that makes me happy. Oh, oh my God. God. It's like, did you guys see the fall women section? Junior Miss. The fucking, what is it called? Dress barn or whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. We find out clearly that this is a recurring nightmare. And Jace has had it so many times he's making progress, quelling his reaction to it. He's like, the first time I vomited and now look at me. I'm just on the floor. And he wonders if these nightmares are literally, literally going to be the death of him. And he's tried everything to keep them from coming, like potions and all this other stuff. And like, so far, it's like a swing and a miss. Uh, tried everything and of course, talking to somebody, right? I mean, right. why would Everything we do that? Everything but asking for help. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, do you think of it's course. because he thinks it has something to do with him dying, so he wants to keep that to himself? I think like he's, he's scared, scared of that where it would he's lead. really evil. And this is somehow, oh, yeah, like, his true sense. feelings yeah. coming to rise or whatever. I He hates himself. Mm-hmm. He has a very low opinion of him of yeah. of himself, and I think that he's just like, see, I'm not really good for her, because he's a sad boy. But we, we hate it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I um. Listen, I don't know if this is spoilery or not. So if it is, slap me in the face, okay? But I don't think so. But I just want to say I'm rereading Chain of Iron. Oh, snap. Okay. And I'm sure if you've been there, you'll know why I'm saying it at this point. Just Mm -hmm. think about it. Okay. It's just cray. Anyway. During the day. During the day. He starts like. It makes him, basically, these nightmares make it difficult for him to, like, look at Clary and wonder, like, mm-hmm. God, how would she feel if she knew that I kept murdering her every night in my dreams? It's, like, right, opposite, right, right. Celine. Every night in my dreams, I see you, I kill you. <laughs> that is how I know your heart doesn't go on. Duh. It's the emo version. Anyway, he looks at the box on his nightstand, the one from... Stevens Herondale's box and it makes him think of V-Tang and the whole like 
torture slash exploitation slash imprisonment that he had done like on the only woman that he had loved, which was Jocelyn, obviously. And he taught him and Jonathan that to love something is to destroy it forever. And then he starts like, he's like, I'm not V-Tang. I'm not like him. And then he remembers murdering Sebastian slash Jonathan. Like he's called, we, we call him Sebastian because it's less confusing, but he's calling him mm-hmm. Jonathan. Yeah. And when they were like at the river by Lake Lynn. I don't know why I said river. And um, he doesn't feel remorse about it. He's like, 10 out yeah. of 10 would kill again. It's great. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and he's like, I know it's not in the realm of normal to murder your pseudo brother and not feel bad about it. I know that's not normal. But that doesn't make me V-Tang. No. I wouldn't be a V-Tang. I'd never be a V-Tang. Mm-hmm. And then he starts spiraling. And he keeps like, it's like the Dane Cook thing. Mm-hmm. I did my best. So he's thinking <laughs> of all the shitty lessons that he was taught as a kid. Right. And then he's like, I guess people don't ever really change. Like he raised me to be a bad guy. And now I'm just going to be a bad guy because I can't change. And all of this because he has no Mm. one to talk to. The answers are obvious to this outsider and his brain needs to be spoon fed Mm -hmm. the information. Somebody needs to spoon (laughs) feed him. And it's just fucking sad. Yep. As much as I'm making emo jokes, it's fucking sad. It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have morbid humor here. That's why I'm joking. Also, Always. I'm yeah. curious. Can Alec not feel what's going on with Jace? I mean, he's so wrapped up with Magnus. Yeah. He's not even there right now, obviously, because he's on his little trip. But I agree. I guess the person depends. he should be Does... able to talk to. Well, and it's. I think you're talking about yeah. the Parabatai connection, right? Well, oh, it, is it yeah. just... Um, Maybe that's to say the para parabroti is just for physical damage, not like emotional Maybe, damage. Yeah, I don't know. Emotional <laughs> damage. I don't know though. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just it's one of those things because like like we're coming off of Will and Jem, who were like the the all star team of uh-huh. parabroti. Quintessential. You know? Yeah, and connection, exactly. Uh And so I'm just kind of like, is Alec not going, maybe I should check in with, like, phone home? Like, I I just, (laughs) I feel like he's in a lot of distress. And it seems kind of like, I don't know. I mean, the giveaway on that is the advice that he gave Alec while he was on his trip, right? (laughs) He was like, what? Because he didn't understand. (laughs) I guess guess they're not as close as I thought. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I feel like it's a good, I don't want to say juxtaposition because I don't think that's the right word, but basically, <clears throat> I know it's writing style has changed and everything like that, but the children, because they're kids, the 17-year-olds in this book mm-hmm. are very much uh-huh. more self-absorbed. As in yes. like, I have a really narrow path. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm focusing on, whatever. And then obviously with... um the infernal devices 
they're like much more have they have that a more global connection. view of but, like their community and their world immediate world around them i mean maybe not you know global but they they have a more rounded view of the world because their the expectations of society and everything is that they're acting they're adults at this point like you're 17 but you're basically a fucking adult that mm-hmm. has like major responsibilities and they were treated more like adults than these guys ever have been and this is definitely more of a, like a modern day. Well, and imagine teenager. Uh huh. When it's like your what you, this is what you can do: you can stare into a burning fire, or you can talk to the people around mm-hmm. you, have a connection, read books, do all this other stuff. Like they're very much more, and the politeness that again, like I was mm-hmm. saying, I guess with like other people's feelings mm-hmm. are more important than your feelings, and that sort of thing. You know, I I like the contrast between the two timelines it's frustrating sometimes in these books obviously like this is frustrating that no one's checking on jace it's frustrating Mm -hmm. that simon's going through this stuff but it is real like i could see it Mm -hmm. anyway that is all i have to say about that so with that being said i hate that anyway make sure that you've read chapter four the art of eight limbs for next week's episode (laughs) For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlder Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.